know, he was sometimes in the, I guess you'd say the right, wrong spot at the right time or, or vice versa, but he was there and he was, he'd done something that was forbidden. God told him not to touch the Ark of the Covenant. You don't go down there, you don't touch it, you don't tote it, you got to tote it this way, that way. And so we was talking about obedience and and what happened with his obedience or, or disobedience is and, and out of no, you, you try to say no fault of his own, but it was, he thought he was doing the right thing, but he got too, as Robbie put the word, complacent. And too many times we get complacent with coming to church and too many times we get complacent in being around uh, God's things and God's house and we get too familiar and we think, well, this is, you know, this is God's house and we can do it this way and we kind of get complacent and what happened to him? It started to fall and he put his hand up thinking it would be okay. He thought he was doing the right thing by keeping it from falling. But God already God says, don't touch it. He gave them specific rules well before that. And they and he thought he was doing okay and messed up and touched it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against him. And God struck him down dead. He died right on the spot. And David was scared. All the people around him were scared. I can't, I mean, let's just think about it before I get into this. What his dad thought. I mean, his dad looked at him, and his son just fell over dead. And, and it'd be like, I, I would be like, man, did I not teach my kids to do the right thing? Did I tell them that God's not a God of, of uh, I don't want to say mercy, but he's a merciful God, but God is serious, and if you don't do what God says, you're going to mess up. And that's what he, and, and so... You think about Uzziah's dad. And so we're going to get into another situation here where disobedience will get you in trouble. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, throughout the whole Bible, we see many different examples throughout from Genesis all the way to Revelations where disobedience caused heartache, right? And you say, well... That man, God's, God's pretty hardcore. God is hardcore. I mean, this is the, the he, he, we, we think, and I'm just speaking for myself, but I'm saying we because I feel like we all do this. We feel like God is just, uh, we just use him whenever we want to instead of all the time. And God created us not for us. God created us for himself, and he did it for his honor, for his glory. He created us to worship him. He created us to praise him. It was not for what we think and for us to have this and us to have that. It was all for God, for him and him only. So, didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but we're going to go to the book of Ruth, chapter 1. Terry, are you blessed to read the word? 
Okay, in, in Ruth in chapter 1, we'll start in verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judea went to sojourn into the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Imelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons was Milan and Shalon, Euphratites of Bethlehem, Judea. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Imelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. So first and foremost, you think, well, what is going on here? What did he do wrong? Well, first and foremost, you've got to understand who they were and what they was not supposed to do. God spoke to them and told them to do not go out to the country of Moab or to the city and there and look at Moab because of they did horrible things in the Old Testament. What were some of the things that they did? Anybody know? They was really bad. They was pagan worshipers and they worshiped idolatry, which means they put another god in front of the god. Okay, and so God told all his people, told all of Israel and all of the Israelites, you don't have anything to do with them. Don't be around them. If you'll study back in the older test, and before that, he says, don't even go toward them. Don't go around them. Don't marry them. Don't have nothing to do with them. Okay, because they're not worshiping me. They're worshiping other idols. They're worshiping other gods. And so we're not supposed to, so God told them, don't go down there. So just like we do, what did I, what, I think in the, the latter part of the first verse, what happened in the land? There was a famine. And so when a famine comes up, there's no food to eat, right? And as all of us think about in our life, we start looking, when things come up, we start looking for ways to fix things. Right, Randall? We try to fix everything we can. We try to do it our way. And we start looking out, looking at different scenarios. Well, there's a famine in the land. What should I do? I've got to take care of my family. I've got to take care of my kids. So I'm going to go look elsewhere instead of just trusting in the Lord. And so this famine came up in the land. Knowing good and well that you're not supposed to go anything to do with the, the, the county or country of Moab. Let's read it here. It says, Now it came to pass in these days when the judges ruled there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judea went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. He already messed up. He was not supposed to go there. He was part of Israel part of the Israelites, and he, God told them earlier, you don't have nothing to do with them. And what happened? He, it, you, it's kind of like, you know, Abinadad or Obed-Edom last week, and, and God blessed his house, but when Uzziah thought he was doing right to touch the Ark of the Covenant, God said, don't touch it. The same thing happened here. Abimelech was not supposed to go down there because it, God told him, you don't have anything to do with these people. And just like us, we're like, man, 
but there's a famine in the land. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to take care of my family? How am I supposed to take care of my kids? I have a wife at home and I have two sons at home. So he's looking out, looking around, looking for the best option that he thinks is right for his family. Knowing that's not where you're supposed to go. How many of us has ever done that? Let's just be honest in here. We're in church. We look at things and we're like, man, I just can't do this. this is, I know God said I'm not supposed to go down there. I know I'm not supposed to do this. Or I know I'm not supposed to go somewhere. Well, I'm just trying to think of an example that God says not to do. But yet we get in ourselves, we get in our flesh, we get into thinking about how we can fix it. I mean, let's just look around. Every time something comes up in our life, whether it be for us or for somebody else in our family, we try to fix it, like I just said, and we look for every option we can to take care of that problem. Instead of just trusting in God, I mean, this is God's people, right? We're God's people, right? Do you trust in God? Do we think God can take care of every, any problem that we all have? Absolutely, but we are flesh, and the first thing we try to do is fix it ourselves. Every one of us is guilty of this. I'm included. I mean, if there's something, Terry, how many times do they come up to your work with a problem? And your job is to help them fix that problem. I, I try to tell my group leaders that come up to me, they're like, man, they just will not leave me alone. I'm like, yeah, I, I know that. And then they bring the problem to me. I'm like, look, if everything was perfect, they wouldn't need me or you. we got to say, you know what? If in the garden, everything was perfect. And they still messed it up. They had everything perfect. I was talking about it Monday night. I'm thinking, man, you think about Adam and think about the regret that he had after he got kicked out of the garden. Holy cow, can you imagine what he was thinking? I was sitting there thinking, I was like, he would be standing there and he was had everything and it don't say how long he was in the garden, but he was in the garden. Who knows how long it was? A month, a year, to where they was with God, they walked with God, everything was perfect, they didn't have to work, they didn't have to do anything, everything was perfect in their life, God was blessing them, He was taking care of them, and sin come in. And then you think about, I was like, man, can you imagine what Adam was thinking after that? Because he spent time with God, he spent time in paradise, he spent time with peace and happiness, didn't have to work and then when he started working in the garden, Terry, and I mean, they didn't have tractors back in them days. They didn't get to plow too easy. You know, they had to work. Can you imagine? And him sitting there thinking, what, man, I had this really good. I had, a, I had it really nice. And I messed up. Abimelech took his family to where God says don't go. Just because he was thinking it would be the right thing to do to take care of his family, and he disobeyed God. I know everybody's in here. 
So let's just see what else happened. Not only did he die, well, let's just read it. And the name of the man was Amimelech, Imelech. I have a hard time this morning. And the name of his wife was Naomi. And the name of his two sons was Milan and Shalon, Euphratites of Bethlehem, Judea. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Amimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. He thought he was doing right. I'm going to take care of my family. But what happened? He died. And they took them, and Emelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. Now let's go into the next verse. Verse 4. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, and the name of one of them was Orp, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. Okay? Broken rule number two. He said, don't have any part of them. Don't, he don't go there. Don't marry them. Don't have any part of these people. And they went down there looking for food, right? Trying to take care of the situation. And Milan and Shalon, verse 5, died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. The whole thing was this, obedience and disobedience. Last week we talked about obedience. This week we're talking, I mean disobedience. This week we're talking about disobedience. How many times in our lives in everyday situations that we deal with where we know what the right thing to do is and we don't do it because we think we know better. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but from the day I was born till, till now, I have never questioned. My mom and daddy brought me to church. I knew I was going to church. It was not a question. I didn't ask my mom and daddy, you're going to church no matter what. I know I'm supposed to be in church. I know that if I was to get out of church, where I would be at as, as well. How many people disobey the Lord? They know, we, we know we're supposed to be in church. This is where God's blessings at. This is where we learn from. This is where we get to get under the will of God. But yet we don't come. Right? Let's just be honest. If everybody that knew what they were supposed to do today, Sunday school class would be full this morning, wouldn't it? Let's think of another example. Jesse taught on tithes a couple weeks ago. Oh, here we go. Talking about tithes. We know that's what we're supposed to do. What did God say? Pay them. I'm going I'm to take care of you. Jesse brought out a good point. A guy that uh, he was studying about this, this guy says, I t at this other church says, I'll tell you what, if you pay your tithes for one year, like you're supposed to do, he says, at the end of that year, if you think that your life was not better and God didn't take care of you, the church will give you every dime of it back. 
Did he not say that? That's what this pastor told his church. We know what we're supposed to do. We just don't do it. When God says you're supposed to walk this way, you're supposed to walk that way. If he says you're supposed to take a left, you take a left. If he says you take a right, you take a right. If he says don't go that direction, you're not supposed to do it. Let me ask you this. How many of you believe God can see everything? Knows everything. He knows the future. He knows what's best for you. I can't see what's sitting down there on 89 right now, but God, God does. He knows what's down there on that road. How many times we, I mean, I have prayed, we prayed yesterday. When we, when my family, when we leave to go on some kind of trip, if it's just a small trip to Winston or it's a trip to the beach or if it's a trip to wherever, we pray that God will guide us, protect us, and keep us safe. Right? And that's what we're supposed to do. I want God. I want somebody that can tell me if there's a wreck 20 miles. You know, sometimes we get our phones out now and we'll look up, we'll put the GPS on. I, I know where I'm going, but sometimes me and April will put it on there just so we can see if there's a wreck up ahead. God already knows. He knows. So then why can we not trust him? This man and his wife and his sons suffered and died because of his disobedience. Not listening, not trusting. There was a famine in the land. That's an excuse we're going to have. How many of us has given God all kinds of excuses? I can't do that. That's not me. I can't sing, Randall. That's not me. I can't teach. That's not me. I can't preach. That's not me. I can't get up in front of people. That's not me. God is the one that done every bit of this. I prayed for Waynette's brain, Terry, when that was going through. My thought was this. When Moses said he prayed for his, that, that he was talking about to God about his mouth. He's like, I got a problem, Lord. I can't, can't talk. And God told him, I, who, who made your mouth? Who made this? So I said, Lord, you made brains. You made everything in the whole body. And you can fix it. I can't. But you can. Complete trust. Even though the situation looked bad. The situation was bad. He thought, man, I've got to do something with my family. I've got to take care of my boys. I've got to take care of my wife. That's what you call me to do, Lord. You, you, we have to take care of We think that, right? Let's just be right, dads. Men, we have to take care of our family. But it don't mean that you go and, do, and disobey God to do that. Because when you do, the situation and circumstances get turned completely around. And that's what happened here. Now, this is a great story. If you read on about Ruth and you look at what happened. Might even read, I don't know. But the thing I wanted to get at this morning is this. Disobedience, just like Uzziah, disobedience, Emelech, disobedience caused his sons to die. It caused his 
Look at his wife had to suffer. So he was thinking that he was doing the right thing. And look, look who all his whole family suffered. Because he did disobeyed what God told him to do. Okay? And so you think, man, what do I do? What, Lord, I can't do that. I, you're not supposed to disobey God. And I'm going to read it. And Milan and Shalom died also, both of them. And the, and the women was left and her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters and with her daughters-in-law that she might return into the return, return, return. Gillen is getting that. Go back. Go back to where God brought you from, where God, where all the blessings of God was at. You gotta go back to where you know you're supposed to be at. They wasn't supposed to be here. So they was like, you know what? We got to get out of this place. It took them 10 years. But you got to go back to where God put you. Where God was taking care of you. Where God was blessing you. And she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited the people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on their way to return unto the land of Judah. So everything in your life messes up. Every one of us has to go back to where we was at, where God got us from. Okay? I'm really short this morning. Has anybody got something that they want? Or his daughter-in-laws. Well, I mean, it was in God's plan. Also, think about it like this. Dads, men, you are the head of the house. You have to make decisions, right? And, Randall, your house is, is, is you, and, you and Cassie are probably going to talk about a decision, but ultimately it's your decision, and you have to make it, and you've got to pray about it. And y'all can talk and communicate and say, hey, this might be, who's to say Naomi or, or, or uh, Mike said, I don't think this is a good idea. But she had to be, she had to listen to what her husband told her because he was the head of the house. And he says, we're going to go. Look at what she lost. My goodness, she lost, she was a widow. And then she lost both of her sons. I think if you read on in chapter, the end of, the end of this chapter where, hold on, let me just read it. Yeah, she goes on back, and they, they look, seen her, let's go to verse 20. 
See what verse 20 says. And she said unto him, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Mara is bitter. Bitter. So she suffered greatly on the decision of her husband making the wrong decision. Anybody else got anything? Nobody? Okay. I apologize for being so short this morning. I felt like it was going to be a lot longer. That's right. I want, I, I want to make sure that we understand that, that we can see the difference in obedience and disobedience. If you go in and look in later on, all, all the obedience that was done throughout the Bible, obedience brought blessings. Disobedience brought cursings. Okay, disobedience brought, brings death. And so you say, well, why does it, 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 it don't always mean that? You know, look at Job. Look at Job's, Job didn't, Job was obedient. Why did that happen to happen to Job? Okay, sometimes you got to understand, you got to know that you follow God to the T, what he says, then he's going to take care of you no matter what. But if you mess up with God and disobey Him, then you're going to have problems. I don't need any more problems than I already got. I'm going to tell you that. I got enough of them without messing up. Okay? You're right. You're right. But I mean, hey, he had a famine. There was still a problem, wasn't there? There was a problem in his family. There was a famine in the land. Anybody else? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Ran with it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Anybody else before we close?
that you've had. And you know what about the bloodline? She was a Moabitess. So she was from the country of Moab. So she wasn't just, that's another thing. Her and Boaz. That's right. That's right. course you're right I've been studying on the that bloodline and you go back you start with Mary and Joseph and you start going back and look at all the scenarios that had to happen and that did happen how many of them didn't make it and and the bloodline was kept and God knew it from way back in here how it was going to be praise the Lord every bit of it but you're right. He tried. Come back. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? All right, Todd, will you close us in prayer?